Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Not So Bon Voyage podcast, episode 71. On today's episode, we give you a live update from the van, and we also tell the story of the PP pastor. Grab your snow chains and let's go. And then the train got lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rails? I just want to get out there in the wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. Vroom, vroom! Vroom, 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 vroom. voyages. This is a not-so-bon voyage from the road. Special edition, extra, extra. That's it, guys. Episode 71, and we are reporting live from the van. I know we missed last week. We've got a habit of that at the moment, but mm. that's because... We're traveling again, guys. We're traveling for the first time since early, early 2020. Well, actually, it's the first time since we came back from Canada. Uh, and I was actually going to talk about that because you might remember from episode 16 last year that we, we've got episode 16. It feels so... Wow, that's so long ago. So long ago. This is episode 71. But we were traveling to Canada in our van. We had that infamous encounter at the Canadian border crossing where we had pepper spray and we had our whole van searched. That was a whole ordeal. That was definitely an ordeal. That was a pain in the ass. Go back and listen to that episode. That was pretty funny. Yes. And so that was actually our last trip. And so we were traveling in the van. We did a bit of uh, Canada and we were doing a couple of episodes from the van. I think one of them we were doing from a park and Mm -hmm. we looked very suspect because our van is a little bit creepy looking. Yes, it is indeed. I remember that. And now we're back in the van after almost a year and we are in the middle of nowhere in Nevada sitting by the side of the road and it's, it's great. It's good to be back. Good to be back in the van. We miss traveling. I mean, pretty much right when we got back from Canada, just a few days later, we got put into lockdown and we're kind of still there. So no travel for us. Yes. But it is a year later. Things are looking a little bit more hopeful on the horizon. Vaccines out, people are opening up. We're back in the van. Things, Things are good, but we do have a couple of not so bon voyages to talk about today. This is going to be a bit of an update about what we've been up to because with travel and especially with our travel, things always go wrong. Yeah, we tend to have things have bad have bad things happen to us, but we always end up on the other side, so it's okay. Yes. All's so, well that ends well. So we're back in the van after a year and last time we took the van out, we basically arrived home pretty much running on fumes. We had no brakes in the van. We had a lot of issues. Well we had brakes in the van, they were broken though. Yeah, broken. They were broken. But they basically didn't work. (laughs) We rolled in the night before our last trip and the brakes were basically crunching and not working. They did this really fun thing where when you when they got hot, if you put the brakes on, the steering wheel would just go crazy and you'd just be uh, wiggling down the road, which is horrible and yes. very scary. Real exciting stuff when you're driving. It's exactly what you want when you're doing 80 miles down highways just to slow down and start having your have steering squiggles. wheels. Start. Yeah, the old squiggle wiggles. <laughs> so we did have to run around and get the van fixed up. We, that was a whole old deal, but we, we did it. Everything worked, worked out. Apart from van registration, which is something we always tend to leave to the very last minute, and we like back on the road and we're like, oh, shit. The van isn't registered. Mm, Yeah, we do that every single time. We're so unorganized. Well, actually, even before that... This Our van was actually super overdue for maintenance because not during the Canada trip, but our previous 
road trip up to Seattle, we uh, we got in some traffic and the brakes weren't working. So we took it to a garage and they were like, yeah, you should not drive this vehicle. You need to fix it right now. And we were like, oh, okay, okay, goodbye. We're going to go on a road trip up to Seattle instead. JK. Yeah. And we did not heed his advice. And he basically said, we were like, seriously, like, how bad is it? Can we drive or not? And he was like, if this was a plane, I would have it grounded and I would not use it. And we were like, okay, cool, bye. Bye, <laughs> bye. we're going to go to Seattle and then we're going to come back and then we're going to go up to Canada like uh, years later. So, we're so silly. Yeah, I know. But we got it back in action. It's all good. Yeah, that's true. It's fixed now. Yes. So we went down to our first uh, road stop was we went down to LA, did a little bit of camping, bit of outdoor stuff because mm-hmm. we're still trying to travel responsibly, guys. We yes. still are in a pandemic. Yes. Put it out there. We are being very responsible. We're not zipping everywhere. We're wearing our masks. We're doing low uh, contact with other people. So we're still being COVID safe. Yes. And we, after our camping trip, we were heading back into LA because we were, were going down from San Francisco to LA, then across all the way across Nevada to Salt Lake City in Utah. And as we're rolling into LA, now a couple of things about our van that you might not remember is that it has a couple of shortcomings. Now, apart from the brakes and things like that, that we got fixed, Mechanically, it runs great. We cannot complain. Mm-hmm. Our old van, Penny the Pinecone, has taken us all over the western uh, parts of the US and Canada. Thank Everything's you, Penny. Gone. Thank you very much, Penny, for not breaking down. But in saying that, the speedometer doesn't work. The gas gauge doesn't really work very well. The odometer doesn't work. There are a few electrical issues. So we don't actually know a lot of the time how much gas is in the car or petrol for our <laughs> Australian people friends. So, kind of an important piece of information. Kind of important piece of information. And most of the time, we're pretty on top of it because we know, like, you know, fill up, when in doubt, fill up. That's kind of our general yes. rule. But on this particular time, coming back from this camping trip, we When had a, in doubt, fill the spout. That's it. I mean, that's what Christine always says. I just says. made that up. Yeah. I know, I always say that, right? Yeah, yeah, of but course. I just made it up. <laughs> so, when we were coming back, we were a little bit tired from our camping trip. We were probably went in the best frame of mind from, you know, late night around the campfire. And we were rolling, we we're going down the four, I don't know, one of those main highways. And we're talking LA highways, five lanes, super busy, LA drivers, people driving crazy. And we crazy. are, thankfully, we are the second lane from the exit. So we're not all the way over in the fast lane. That's because our van doesn't go very fast either. Mm. We don't really go, we don't like to get over, you know, 75 miles. So we're in the, almost at the second, the exit lane, thankfully. And out of nowhere, I don't know if you've ever been in a car before where the gas, the like the petrol started running out. But usually I feel like you're supposed to get some kind of sputtering, some kind of... An indication. Some kind of warning. warning like, sign. Warning, warning. Warning. Like, you're running out of gas. Well, we got about two seconds of sputtering before we started losing power. And the van is just like... And I was like, what the fuck? Because the van also... Here I am thinking, like, I don't know how good of a condition the van is. It sat there for 11 months. It did take a little bit, of get, get a little bit to get going again. So I'm thinking... Is our van breaking down? And then I think to myself, I, that's right. We don't know if we've got gas or not. Our so, van is also unregistered at this point because we had... Allegedly. Uh, allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. And if it's the cop is listening, then it was registered. But allegedly, it was unregistered because we always forget to re-register our van when we take it out on a trip. We had remembered to put insurance on it the night before we left. And we thought we could just do the registration online, but apparently you can't. So at yeah. this point, our car is unregistered, so we're really trying hard not to get pulled over. Yes. 
So they pretty much the car just cuts off. Like we're still rolling because we had some speed momentum. Still on the freeway, by still the way. Still on the freeway and cars are zooming past us and our car is starting to slow down. And so thankfully I just get into like panic mode, but like survivor mode as well. Flick on the hazards. We'll flick on the indicator, merge into the exit lane, put on the hazards. And thankfully there was an exit ramp like... I don't know, a couple of hundred yards up. And so we actually just kind of coasted perfectly towards the exit, took off the hazards, indicated I was turning off. And it was one of those exits that kind of rolls up a little bit and then has a flat area and then goes down and dips down. And I'm thinking, we're not going to have enough momentum to get off this actual exit. We did get off the highway, which was very, very thankful because- So lucky. We would have been, it would have been extreme danger. Yeah. Extreme. Extreme danger. And so we just got off the off the ramp and we just sort of on and we just got to the top of it and it just boom. We lost all our momentum and it just stopped. And so we're like, oh my God, like we don't know where we are in LA. We don't have any gas. We don't know what we're gonna do. We can't be here for too long and stand out like a sore thumb because if anybody comes, like the police, we've it got, was nighttime too. It's nighttime, so it's yeah. Dark. We've got no registration, it's dark. And so thankfully we're not on an, an incline, we're on a flat part. So I get out quickly, Christine puts in the hazards, I push the van until we can get past the little hump and roll down. We roll down, we're still on the off-ramp, we don't have enough momentum, we stop, pull over to all this part that it's safe, and then we're like, all right, what's next? What are we going to do? And by safe, we're literally still just on the side of the exit. We're not like in, we're not safe, we're just on the side of the exit. Yeah, oh yeah. Cars are zooming by. Zooming past. LA drivers, crazy, they zooming exit, back. They exit left. the freeway so quickly. Yeah, you guys slow down. What is the rush? Where Man, are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going to be? Yeah, where are you going to be? So then we're like, but. Probably like a movie premiere um, or something. Yeah, so, yeah, some okay, kind of red carpet it. event. Yeah, yeah we, then, get it, we, yeah, get yeah, Oscar, we get it. Yeah, the Grammys, the Oscars or something. We get it. So then we're so then now we're just sitting on the side of the side ramp and we're like, okay, what do we do now? All right, we've got to find some gas. We're pretty sure it's a gas issue. Let's uh, I try to turn the car over, nothing happens. All right, it's gotta be the gas. Now this is where everything just happened to fall into place so perfectly. Not only did we exit did we cut out a gas right near an exit, we gave it just enough momentum to get up it, but we look on our phone and there's a gas station literally around the corner from that exit. So I get out of the car, run to the gas station, and they sell gas tanks. I'm like, hallelujah. So I fill up a gas tank. Everything runs pretty smoothly. I go back to the car. Within 10 minutes, I'm back. I fill up the van, and guess what? It doesn't work. No, it does work. (laughs) (laughs) But it was really stressful because I was in the van waiting for Jules to come back. And I always tell him it's very dangerous to be on the side of a freeway or on the side of the road because people get hit all the time like that. And I'm always hanging out on the side of a freeway. Christine's always telling me that because I'm always hanging out like that. Yeah. And so I'm just in there like a sitting duck waiting for some L.A. driver to smash into me. Luckily, no one does. He comes back and then he has to put the gas uh, Gage is on the freeway side, obviously, of, course, of the of course. car. So Jules out there filling the gas tank. I'm praying to the universe that nothing bad is going to happen. Thankfully, everything was fine, but it was pretty scary. Yes. And so we got it going again, and that was the end of that story. The van is going good. We stay in I've never lane. ran out of gas before. Isn't that crazy? I did it once in my very, very early driving career, and I kind of had no idea what was going on with my car, and then I realized it was out of gas. 
So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you have a working gas gauge, there's really no excuse for that. There but isn't. I have pushed, we've definitely pushed the envelope for E, double E, oh, negative yeah, E. Yeah. In the Camry. In the Camry, I feel like you can really stretch that E. Yeah, apparently in the van, not in the van. Not so much because we don't actually know when it's on the E. So that's mm-hmm. probably one of the biggest problems with that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that, that all worked out surprisingly well. It was probably like a half an hour detour. We were very, very surprised on that. So we get to LA, we stay there. The next morning we take off. Everything's pretty smooth after that. We stay in a casino car park, which is kind of our usual t- tactics. Yeah. Why do we stay in a casino car park, Christine? Well, because they're open 24 hours a day. They are well lit. They have security and they have open bathrooms. That's it. And you're allowed to stay there because they want you to come in and gamble. Yes. Yeah, so pretty much if you are on the road, a casino car park is pretty much the best place to stay. Not super glamorous, but it beats Walmart, I guess. Yeah, that's it. And then after that, we've got a long drive out to Salt Lake City. Everything there is fine. We are planning our time in Salt Lake City to go up the slopes, to do a little bit of skiing and snowboarding. It's something that Christine and I don't do a lot of. We spend mostly time on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we're like, hey, let's go mix it up. Let's get the slopes. Although our last two trips have been snow trips because Canada and Salt Lake City, both in the van, both snow. There you go. It's a snow van. Apparently. So it's we not a snow van. We've no. learned that lesson a oh. couple times. Yes, as our next story is going to uh, detail from our next van mishap, our not so bon voyage, is that we decide on Friday night to take the van up to Brighton Ski Resort, which is about 30, 40 minutes outside of uh, Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Everything goes fine. We get up there, van does well. We uh, have some time in the slopes. Awesome. We're doing a night ski, twilight night ski and snowboard. It's, you know, at from 4 to 9 p.m. It's so cool. Well, it snowed like crazy all night. It was very cold. Our masks were fogged up. And I made a boo-boo in which I was on the lift with Jules and our roommate. And I was, well, I dropped my pole, basically, was what happened. Well, what are you trying to do? You're trying to make it sound like it's more elegant than it's not. Well, I made a, see, there was something going on that made me, no, what did you well, do? Well, I think there was something going on. What was it? I just dropped my pole. You just dropped your pole. And then, and so I'm like feeling around, I'm, I'm realized I dropped my pole, I'm looking for it. And then all of a sudden I hear this clunk. And I'm like, uh, and I'm like, oh, I definitely just dropped my phone as well. So I dropped my pole and my phone in freshly fallen snow. It was snowing like crazy. So we were like, oh my God, now we have to go ride the chairlift all the way up, ski all the way down and look for my phone and the pole in the snow. And thankfully, it actually turned out all right again. Yeah, we're so lucky. I know. So the pole had fallen off right at the start of the lift where it was roped off from the ski lift. And so it was all fresh snow and there was a perfect indentation of the pole, like four foot in. And so we went to this, the lift operators and we're like, hey, so um, my wife dropped her ski pole and, and also her phone. And he's like, all right, well, we had a phone handed in and where's the ski pole? And I was like, that's the ski pole right there because I can see the hole in the snow <laughs> and the phone. And he's like, is this it? I was like, yes. So we were very, very lucky. So lucky. But the lesson learned here, Christine, is what? Uh, don't take the chairlift, just run up. No, keep your pockets <laughs> zipped. Yeah, keep your pockets zipped. My pockets were not zipped. I was trying to get my little card out for the pass. It's it's very complicated. You've got so many things when you're skiing. you got the gloves and very the phone simple, and very the thing simple. and the poles. Well, you're a snowboarder. You don't have to deal with poles. Poles are annoying. Mm. I might just start skiing without poles. I barely ever use them. There you go. There you go. But anyway, all is well that ends well because I got my stuff back because looking for a phone in that freshly fallen snow, I mean, no, it would be impossible. How many phones do you reckon are lost in like 
across the course of a ski season at a resort. Like so hundreds, many. surely. There would just be a line when all the snow is melted, there would just be a line of phones right under where the chairlift is. Or not even just the chairlift, just at any time like people skiing left their pocket open and crazy times. But definitely the ski lift, because there'd be that many people definitely. who would have their phone out to take a picture. Yeah. Your hands are cold yeah. because you know they're frozen. Next thing you know, bang, it slips out. Yeah. So thank you to whoever turned my phone in because uh, that would have been a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. I was just going to – I was actually thinking about just being like, just leave it. I mean, you, if if I had dropped it somewhere on the mountain where nobody was at the time, we would never have been able to find it. No, no, no way. never. I was actually already just thinking like, oh, well, you could probably do for an upgrade. Oh, okay. Well, now I, I'm going to lose <laughs> now my Now you're going to try and break it. I do it. want an upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> So, Allegedly. So, so we have a we have a pretty hectic session where it's just snowing full time, but it's a great session, right? But we remember we're not really snow people. We don't really do it. Our van definitely doesn't do it properly because if you remember from previous episodes, our van got stuck a lot of times in Canada. So many times, you guys. So as we're leaving the car park, as we get to our car, there's like half a foot of snow piled up on our car, and we're looking around and we're thinking, damn. Like, our car is not really built for these conditions. Penny Pinecone is like a bikini clad summer vehicle she's a beach bunny she just wants to hang by the waves yes she's definitely not a snow bunny so we clear off all the snow i'm freezing i got frozen snow in my beard stuck in it and we take off we get out of the car park and then straight away we see cars are backed up and it's probably about a 40 minute drive back to the uh back to salt lake city and they got the lights flashing for the snow chains now, our car, our van, is a rear-wheel drive, two wheels, so we haven't got four-wheel or all-wheel or something fancy like that. Our tires uh, barely make it with the uh, the winter conditions. And we're like, hmm, should we put our snow chains on? Then we start seeing all these cars going past, and we think, well, if everybody else is going, surely it can't be that bad. Let's just go a little bit further and see how it goes. So we take off, and we're driving, and then suddenly we start to realize like it's very icy, a lot of snow has dropped on these roads. Mm. And I got to test the brakes just to see like how much traction we got. And as soon as I hit the brakes, we just start sliding off to the side. And I go, all right, Christine, we got to put the chains on. So we pull over. Another time we're on the side of the road like a sitting duck. Like I'm a sitting really duck. feeling quite duck-like because anybody quack, could quack. hit us at any moment. Okay, you guys, the roads were so freaking icy. People were sliding in their cars left and right. It was crazy. There was black ice. There were hairpin turns. It was bananas. But where we were, luckily, it was pretty flat. So we pull over. We have the hazards on. Somebody pulls up behind us, which is awesome because they would get hurt, hurt, hit first. What not if, hurt. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Not hurt. <laughs> hit first. Well, They'll be fine. The, what probably. if they got hit and slid into us? Well, that would suck as well. I mean, we don't want that either. But anyway, so we Jules gets the uh, snow chains out. I'm on the phone checking to see if we're rear-wheel drive snowing. or front-wheel drive. It's still snowing massively. It's like, what, like 9.30 p.m. or something at about, this point? About that stage, Freezing, yeah. Freezing, very cold, very dark, snowing. Jules is putting on the snow chains. I'm behind the car, like, directing traffic so people can actually see us so they don't run into us and pop his little head off like a grape in the <laughs> tire. Mind you, I haven't put on snow chains for, like, almost a year since we got back from Canada. So I'm, like, still, like, I'm, like, okay, so this is the way it goes. They are pretty, like, intuitive, but I haven't put them on. So I'm a little bit slow. I've got to dig out the ice that's in around the tires and try and figure out how to put them on. It was 
It was so stressful because we cars were sliding. Somebody could have easily slid into us and knocked us. And Jules is like under the car. It could have been bad news bears. Bad news bears. So they get on. That's okay. Mm-hmm. We uh, we take Luckily off. It was good news geese. Yes, they, we we take off. <laughs> but then, like, how long do you reckon it took us to get down? It's about oh. fourteen miles to get back to the main road. Forever. We were going at almost walking pace down for fourteen miles. It was the slowest thing I've ever been. It took us in. like almost two hours to get down this mountain. It was so slow. Everybody was like going incredibly slow, which is good. Some people were going like too slow. Mm. Some people were going like slower than walking pace. Mm. We saw cars sliding out and fishtailing. We were stopped at points. We were stopped right at the start of the avalanche area where it says no parking, no standing. And we were stopped there. And I was like, okay, well, an avalanche is going to come and kill us. So that's fun. (laughs) And it just took us forever. We had friends uh, that we were texting that was with us up there at the time. We were also going down. Some of them had better vehicles equipped for snow than others. One of our friend's cars was like sliding out as well. It was like pretty hectic. We saw there were a couple of cra- – we were pretty much one of the last people to leave the, uh, the the car park by the time we got our chains on. But up ahead, apparently there were crashes and there were people that had slid out and hit the barrier. It was, it was pretty wild. Mm. Yeah, it was crazy times. I don't know if you've ever slid in a car before, but it's very stressful because you can't really use the brakes. You're just – you are, you have no control. Yes. You're just sliding around. Yes. And then the next day, uh, so we get home at like 12 o'clock at night. We're pooped. And the next day, we've got plans to go back up the same mountain again. And we're like, it's still snowing. We're like, all right, we're definitely not taking the van this time. And thankfully, one of our friends had a much better vehicle uh, and going up. But we still had a lot of drama going up. There was, as we were going up, there was a car that was flipped on its side. Mm, a truck. A truck. Yeah, yeah like well, a pickup pick truck. Yeah. And yes, it was it was very stressful. We slid in our friend's car. We did. We slide. did a big slid. We, we did a big slid. Slid big, big, big time, baby. Yes, we. Uh, so we had a. We had a. I don't know what sort of car it was, but it had two wheel drive and four wheel drive, or like all wheel drive, and then it had this other little knob that was a picture of a mountain with a road going up, and the mountain looked like it was snow capped. So I thought we all thought, well, surely this means it's some kind of like snow setting. But apparently it was some kind of off-road traction control setting. And so we probably made a boo-boo by turning it onto this setting as the car was driving. And the car just started like sliding out of, like, out of control. And it was a very stressful like couple of seconds. And then we just switched it back to all-wheel drive and just got along with our business. Indeed, we did. So that basically concludes our crazy van trip. Uh, we are now, as I said, sitting on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. Where are we at the moment? Well, we're not on the main road. We're on a side road. I want to uh, just emphasize that because we're not sitting ducks right now. We are fine. We are fine. We're free geese. Yeah, we, we are being safe. I don't know where we are. We're somewhere past a place called Battle Mountain. Where oh, yeah. That was an interesting place. That was an interesting place where mm-hmm. we really didn't stand out uh, in this creepy looking van looking like <laughs> disheveled people washing our dishes in an, in the side of the street. Yeah, nobody said anything. We yeah, we did our dishes. It was good. Yeah, somebody asked if we live in our van. Yeah, um, you know, we've had really mixed reactions to our van this trip. Somebody called it a pedophile van and warned his daughter not to go near it. And then a group of younger people yesterday said, "I love your van." So yes. we're getting mixed reviews. Somebody asked if we live in it, which I guess we kind of do, van life. But we do have an apartment in San Francisco. So we're getting mixed mixed reviews, I guess I would say. Yeah, we were in a park in Salt Lake City, Sugar House Park, which is a really nice park, actually. Very nice park, guys. And we were parked there uh, during the day, just getting our stuff sorted. And this is 
you know, we've got the blinds down. So you can't, I guess you really can't see in that well. We can see out pretty well, but, and we had the window open. So we're just like hanging out in the back. And this guy walks past with his daughter and goes, stay away from that van. That's a pedophile van. And I was like, bitch, please. Yeah, rude. This is our home right now. Also Don't pretty, make fun of our van. What's a pretty weird thing to tell your daughter? Yeah, I know. Because then whoever gets out of that van, they're going to associate as being a pedophile, which we are not. Thank you very much. So you don't really need to tell your children that. Just tell them, like, just tell them not to go near vehicles. Any vehicle could be a pedophile vehicle, you guys. Yes. So just remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some do I mean, look we creepier were offering than candy outside the van. Yeah. Like... Some do look creepier than others. <laughs> yeah. Our van is, it does look kind of creepy, but you can't judge a book by its cover. That's correct. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if this is like an inappropriate transition, but speaking of like people being inappropriate, um, I haven't in the news. <laughs> okay. And it's not about pedophilia. Just, okay. That's not a laughing matter. But no, it's I have, not. But I have called my, um, I have called my story R. Kelly on a flight. Oh, well, he was a pedophile. Yeah, so. I know. So that's what I'm trying to okay, say. Like, this okay. is kind of like, this is an unplanned segue, but it does kind of transition pretty well. So I feel like I should just jump into my In the News. Okay. So my my, my In the News is called R. Kelly on a Flight. Sorry, and I think I said he was a pedophile. He is a pedophile. Sorry, he is a pedophile. For some reason, I thought he was like gone, but he's just like out of the public eye. But he's still yes, on the He's earth. still very much a pedophile yeah. and a piece of shit. Yeah. So uh, this is a story that comes from mid-October last year when a woman woke up in the middle of a flight to see a guy peeing on her. <gasps> Shut the front door. Are so, you serious? No, yeah, I'm serious. That's why I called it R. Pee Kelly, on you. Uh, pee on you. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So this story has nothing to do with pedophilia. Um but it does have something to do with somebody peeing on somebody on a flight. Ugh. So this is a Delta flight from Las Vegas to Detroit. And I'm just going to jump into it. There's pretty much no other way to jump, in, jump into yeah, the story except yeah. to tell it. So the woman says that uh, – this is what she says at the time. And I'm going to go back and tell a little bit more about um, the alleged person and some other things like that. But the woman says, I jump up and I seen his private area out and I screamed and that woke everybody up. By that time, I actually looked at him, and I see him shake himself off, and I'm like, this man just peed on me. Oh, my God. I looked, God. and there was a puddle of pee in the seats. Ew. Was the guy standing over her or he was sitting um, next to her? I'm not exactly sure. I okay. guess standing. Oh, yeah. So the police report details that the woman noticed someone standing over her and woke up feeling something warm on her body. Oh, no. That's disgusting. So an off-duty police officer happened to be on the plane, and he restrained the man until he was in custody when they arrived at the Detroit Metro Airport and the man was taken into custody by the, the authorities. Now, is was, that not crazy? That's crazy. Okay. Was the man sleepwalking? Okay. Well, let me let me continue the story and then we can discuss it. Okay. Right. Because as a plain sleep uh, activity person, a sleep talker, walker, I, I feel like that is a possibility. Yes. It would be very difficult for you to pee on someone though. No. Yeah. As a woman. Unless you had the she-wee. And that's like the shiwi, which I use in the van. What's so a shiwi, Christine? Explain to people. Shiwi is basically a plastic funnel that you put on your crotch and you use it to pee into a smaller, into a funnel so you can like pee, you know, standing up or in a bottle or whatever. Pee in the van. And it's pretty much saves Christine's life in the van. Yeah, it's the best. Especially when it's like... Shout out to Shiwi. It's actually technically a go girl, so I want to get my brand correct. Yes. Not hashtag not sponsored, but do love it. Yes. When it's 20 degrees... Fahrenheit, like negative 10 outside Celsius, and Christine doesn't want to go out and pee in the van when we're staying camping. Guess it works pretty well. A little bit of information there for you, but that's uh, that's real van life for you. Yeah. Hashtag real van life. Yes. All right. So uh, going back to the man who peed on someone on a flight. Yeah. The alleged man, Daniel Chalmers, 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 uh-huh. was later identified as a North Carolina pastor 
<gasps> at the Love Wins Ministry in Rayleigh. Ooh. He said, I'm a pastor. This is out of my character. I didn't do it. Because obviously everybody inside the church has never had anything wrong happen to them. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. He also told police, uh, told police in the report that he'd taken prescribed meds and had a few drinks. Oh. Although a passenger witness said he told them he wasn't drinking. Okay. Yeah. So which was it? Well, couldn't they ask the flight attendant, like, what, did this guy get any drinks? Yeah. So in, in a later apology, he said, I took an Ambien for the first time to sleep mm. well on my flight and had a terrible reaction. I'm so sorry for how this affected everyone on this flight. And especially one lady passenger in particular. Yeah, which you pissed on. <laughs> yes. I've reached out and apologized to her as well. I want to please uh, ask everyone for their forgiveness in this. I never intended or wanted for this to happen. But mm. apparently he blew a 0.17 even after landing. Oh, wow. That's really high. So that is double the legal limit in, I guess, most places. Well, California's 0.08. I don't know about other states, but he blew over double that. So he was drinking. And he also, that's after he landed. So he mm. must have been pretty drunk. Yeah. Interesting. I don't, are you supposed to drink while you're on Ambien? That seems no, like a bad combination. Not. Haven't you heard those stories about, we should actually talk about some of these. I don't know why we haven't. Or maybe, no, I don't think we have. But there's stories about people who have done crazy stuff mm-hmm. um, on Ambien, but particularly when it comes to airplanes, because people on long haul flights, you know, want to, be on, you know, just knock themselves out or the anxious flies. And there's, right. some, there's a crazy story about some dude like German dude or flying to Germany or something like that or some kind of country in northern, like, Western Europe. Uh, you know, I'm just bunching them all together. <laughs> Germany, maybe he was no, German. No, it's like Dutch or Swiss or something. Yeah, someone, okay. some, somewhere with clogs. Somewhere with clogs and somewhere with cheese and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, good something beer, crazy probably. happened to him. Yeah, good beer. Something definitely happened to him, and, and he was on Ambien, and, like, it was this, this crazy wild story, and he doesn't remember any of it. And I think Whoa. he actually got off. I don't think he did anything, like, super, super bad, but he was just, like, bad. He was bad. Uh, he, was he was naughty. Was so, um, yeah, so he blew, he blew, like, well over the limit. So he must have definitely been drinking. And so whether he took an Ambien or not, I don't know. But he was eventually released from custody with a citation, and the poor passenger, she had to sit in peso clothes <gasps> until the end of the flight. Oh, that's horrible. Isn't that disgusting? Yeah. Oh, that poor lady. How yeah. embarrassing. So in the aftermath of this event, let me talk a little bit more about it. So Daniel Chalmers has resigned from his post as a minister with the church. Whoa. And, and the victim, uh, the woman, had filed a $2 million civil lawsuit. Against the priest? Against the church. What? She, she's suing them, citing them for neglect, neglectful hiring, training, supervision, blah, 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 in hiring someone like Daniel. Okay, so she, does she think that he did it on purpose and he wasn't actually out of it? Or does she think it was negligence because he was drinking while on Ambien and that's somehow the church's fault? I'm not exactly sure what the aftermath of that is. Like, I don't know what he got charged for. It is kind of bizarre, though. Like, it's a bizarre argument to think that... I'm not saying that he did do it or didn't do it, but I'm saying that it's kind of bizarre to think that you would you would think that you could pee on someone in the middle of a flight and get away with it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not kink shaming and I'm not like saying, you know, whatever, but like there's definitely people out there who get a, get off on peeing on people. Yes. Right. Sure. But I don't think that peeing on someone on a flight is real. It's also a domestic flight. So it's not like it's a 15 hour flight. Uh-huh. It's going from, where did I say it was going to? Somewhere, Vegas. LA to Detroit? Uh, going from it. Vegas to Detroit. Oh, Vegas, okay. It's not, it's not like it's a super long haul flight, right? Mm. So That's I don't a few know, hours, though. Yeah, I know, but like, where, like, how do you ever think that you're going to pee on somebody and you're going to get away with it? 
Yeah, but do you, wait, you think that if it was a longer flight, they would get they would be more likely to get away with peeing at the Well, I don't know. Like if somebody was like fully knocked out of sleep. Well, or, but uh, my question is, who takes an Ambien on a three hour flight? You're gonna wake. You're gonna be so groggy when you get what Ambien is for like oh, yeah, sleeping sorry, like that's eight hours. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, like oh, okay, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me that he would be. He that's so weird, but he clearly was drunk because point one seven. You said that's really quite high, right? It's not like I mean, it's not ridiculously high, but like yeah, it's high, especially considering he blew that after he landed. So he probably definitely was higher than that. But I just think it's bizarre that yeah, it's one. Why would you take an Ambien on a short flight? And also, like, how I just don't understand how you think you get away. Like, I don't know, man. People you, do weird things. Unless you knew the person was like knocked out themselves on an ambient, and it was a long flight, and the pee would dry. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, how does the how do they think the person's not going to wake up in like an hour or two and be like, "Huh, I'm wet." Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, if you woke up and you were wet, you might think that you pissed yourself. Honestly, like mm. you, I if I woke up and I was like wet on my legs or something, I wouldn't be like, "Oh my god, that guy pissed on me." You know, that would not be my. That seems so bizarre. Or that to someone, me. or you, or something got spilt on you. Or... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or something's leaking, or there's a drip above me, or something. I would mm. never think that guy just peed on me. So do you? I think would this never guy, think. That. Do you think this guy would have the audacity to try and pee on someone? People do crazy stuff. I'm. I have no idea, but I'm just saying that I. I. I would believe it either way. You yeah. know. It's hard to say, but it's strange to me that she would be able to sue the church unless he was like on a mission or whatever. I'm on a mission from God. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I feel like you can only sue somebody's employer if they're on duty. Yeah. You know, it's, otherwise I feel like it would be separate, but who knows? I don't know. I don't who know what it is. Who knows church works, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. So I don't know exactly what happened to him in terms of his... Um, personal legal issues with this. I'm sure something happened to him, but he did resign from his position. And yeah, she's trying to sue the church for hiring somebody who was inappropriate in their position. So PP pastor. Yeah. PP pastor. That would have been a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, Oh my God. I finally got it. The titles. I know. And it's not even your story. If I feel, I, I don't know what the situation was. Obviously I will never know the truth. If he did just take an Ambien and he was like, oh, I'll just have a couple drinks as well, and he peed on somebody, like, it kind of sucks that he lost his job, you know? But if he was awake and not tot- not knocked out from the Ambien and he did that, then he should definitely be prosecuted because that is that would be like sexual assault. Yeah, of course it would be sexual assault. Yeah, I so, mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it falls into. I guess it... I mean, you're exposing yourself to somebody. That's, That's sexual assault. And also there's like a sexual element to it, like... Yeah. You don't pee on somebody. Like, people pee fetishes of, like, over sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Whatever you in, in whatever floats your boat. But Con- For consensual adults. For consensual adults, obviously. But it's not exactly like you're peeing on them for, like, any other reason. Is there yeah. another reason why? Well, maybe why? she was on fire. <laughs> I had I to saw, put it out and he didn't have any water. I and saw he... a small fire and I thought I had to put it out and I couldn't. They give you those tiny cups of water in the airplane and you can't do anything with them. And <sighs> I knew that I had a full bladder. So I did what only uh, any any law-abiding uh, minister would do as I peed on her. Yeah. I mean, they do give you tiny cups of water, which yeah. is ridiculous because you're so dehydrated on an airplane. And, and you never just haven't taken up, shot glasses of water. And never fill up your bottle either. No, You're like, then, hey, can you fill up my bottle? Yeah, with your they bottle? won't give you a bottle. They're no, just you have like, to buy it. Yeah, they'll just give you like 25 little plastic cups of water. Mm, very sustainable. 
<sighs> anyway, yeah. enough anyway, about that. Enough about that. But anyway, that's the story, and I'm sticking to it. Wow. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm boiling in this van. It's pretty warm in our van. We, we're going from cold to hot now. Yes. I don't know what's happened, but we're we're out here in Nevada boiling. Yes. And our van is like a little tin can, sardine can that's heating up. Yeah, I got my top off. <laughs> yes. I'm sitting in the back. Jill's in his boardies, like he's about boardies. to go to the beach. We're in the snowy mountains. Yeah. Anyway, guys, so we are going to wrap up, but we uh, we hope you're enjoying this very informal, kind of like off the cuff, uh, not off the cusp, as I usually say, and Christine oh, corrects me, yeah. off the cuff episode. It was just intended to be a little bit of an update about what we've been up to and a little bit of travel. Uh, we're going to keep, you know, we're going to keep cruising and hopefully, you know, nothing bad happens to us. But if it does, you know, we'll make sure we tell you about it because that's our tagline. Oh, I love it. You reversed it. <laughs> I reversed it. All right, guys, remember that we'll stay safe on the road. And if we're not, not we'll, tell, we'll make sure to tell you we'll about it. We'll make sure to tell you about it next week. All right. Peace. Bye. All righty, Voyagers, you just listened to episode 71. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't you forget to subscribe and like and share it with your friends. And this is actually Jules, but uh, I just added this to the end of the episode because I forgot to tell you that you should like the podcast, subscribe to it, and do all those things. 